and welcome back to the last part of our Thousand Splendid Sons podcast. This one, we will be talking about the overall argument the author is making in the book A Thousand Splendid Sons. I'm here with Melina Gonzalez, who will be discussing this with me, and we will also be talking about what a great piece of literature this book is. Just a quick summary, because we've now finished the book and we have some things to recover. In part one, we get introduced to Miriam, and we travel through her complicated life as she gets married early, she gets separated from her family, her mom commits suicide, she has plenty of miscarriages, and that shifts us into part two. Part two gives us sort of a new light in the book where we follow the next main character, Layla, who is an educated young woman in Kabul. She has access to many of the things that Miriam didn't have. At the end of the part, we get introduced to the Taliban and the death of Layla's parents, which leads us into the next part. In part three, just so that Mary, that just so that Layla can survive and live a hopefully better life, it's not really that much better. She marries Rashid, which is Miriam's husband, and the three of them live through the Taliban together. We find out that Layla's pregnant with not Rashid, Rashid's kid, but her childhood friend Tariq's. And we also see Rashid and Layla start a family together as well. At first, Miriam was a little bit on edge with them, but near the end of part three, we see the brilliant relationship that they have come up with and Miriam falling in love with Layla's kids and Layla. And we also see their flaming hatred for Rashid, which at the end of part three, Rashid ends up getting murdered by Miriam due to her his violence against Layla. And she ends up getting executed for her crimes against the Taliban. Part four starts off in a new light where Layla and her family live a happier life in a town called Marie. But Layla becomes reminiscent on her life back in Kabul with Miriam, and she goes back to visit Mullah, and she sees what Miriam's father, Jaleel, has left behind for her, which was a letter, a VCR tape of a movie Miriam always wanted to see, and some money, which is now in Layla's hands. The book ends off with a very happy ending, which is surprising. It ends off with a hint of Layla's new pregnancy with Tariq. We think that the main argument the author's trying to make in the book A Thousand Splendid Sons is kind of two parts. First of all, it's obvious from the book and even from outside research that women are more restricted in Afghanistan than they are in any other demographic in any other part of the world. So we think that the author is trying to argue that because of the Taliban and because of these restrictions, women are fighting back even more. The battle that women are fighting is, it's obviously seen in the book, but it's more shown than ever in part three where Layla and Miriam kind of build this bond against, or they use their hatred for Rashid to like fuel their bond and they finally like start standing up for themselves and going against his rules like this is seen when they try and run away and when um Layla begins to fight back when Rashid hits her like she punches him back and he finds this very disrespectful but honestly it was long overdue and another part of it was when uh, Rashid found out that there was another man at the house Tariq he began to start hitting Layla but Miriam took it upon herself after almost 30 years of marriage and she finally did the deed and killed him. She basically sacrificed herself for Layla's happiness. Might I add, that part was amazing. Like, it was so good for both Layla and Miriam to finally stand up for themselves. And I know that women probably can't do that, even though they might. They probably can't do that in real life. So I thought it was a great literary aspect of the book and definitely probably one of the best parts, them standing up for them. 
Alright, so the first source that we looked into was, well, it intrigued us mainly because of the title. The title is, Meet the Afghan Women, Define the Taliban. And a quote that says, the more they try to scare us, the more fearless we become. First of all, that's like the main argument we're trying to make, so we knew that this article was going to be good at supporting our argument. This is from a website called Insider or Business Insider. So the key points from this article that we found is that women are leading protests. And they're leading these protests to allow them to get educated and to allow them to have government jobs. And even though the women start these protests out peaceful, they're reaching violent levels using things like tear gas and even shootings and the military in Afghanistan. Learning about organizations like Her Afghanistan, which is basically funding these protests and supporting women and trying to get educated and have government jobs. And the other thing we found is that the main argument women are making is why are we being replaced by men? when the men haven't studied up in these kinds of careers. Women went to college to study up in these careers to be replaced by men who haven't studied up in these careers and it's producing lower quality work. So the main question women are asking, at least the main question that they say they're asking in this article, is why are we being replaced for lower quality work? It's clearly unfair because imagine dedicating all of these years to a specific major or field of study and you're getting your work stripped away from you just simply because you're a woman and I think it's so unfair. The next source that we looked into was from Amnesty, which is a website that quote-unquote evaluates the human rights situation in countries around the world. So we found that 100 cases of murder were reported during the year 2020. All of these cases were murders of women and an additional 2 million girls remained out of school, which is extremely concerning. We thought that this was a good website to look at for statistics. They give statistics on everything that's going on with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Um, these statistics are as of 2020, but that's still quite recent considering that um, the Taliban is still taking place today. It has a bunch of statistics on just the wounded civilians and the homeless and the civilian casualties, but it also did directly address the statistics around women and their suffering and them being stripped away of their jobs and stripped away of their education. So we thought that this was a good website to demonstrate that. This website supports our argument because it shows that women are fighting back. There was no reason for these women to get murdered unless they were doing something that was like angering the Taliban, like either whether it was running away from their home or doing something to like what Layla and Miriam did, killing their husband. Probably not to that extent, but it's under the same category. And we also felt that the statistic about 2 million girls not being allowed to have an education is also giving the cause for why women are fighting back. Like, women want their education and they are capable of being educated, so they want to earn what is theirs, and that is their education. So here I stand, one girl among many. I speak not for myself, but for those without voice can be heard. So although the book takes place in Afghanistan, there are still other women in different Middle Eastern countries that are fighting for their rights. In this case, and I'm sure you probably heard of her, her name is Malala Yousafzai. We will be using her biography from a website called Britannica, which is basically known for providing important information regarding people and events. Malala was a young girl and she was known for speaking out for women and fighting for their rights through the forms of speeches and public events. So on a bus ride home one day, the Taliban came on the bus and asked her for her name. She didn't get a chance to respond. They shot her right in the head. However, unexpectedly, but very fortunately, she made a recovery. 
and she even received a Nobel Prize for her troubles. It's clear that she is like the fueling force for women fighting back. She is an inspiration, and even though she's from Pakistan, we see it tra her influence traveling all the way to the women in Afghanistan to see these like revolts and these um, protests against women getting education. It's clear from both Malala's speeches and even just like the protests in Afghanistan that women really want their right to their education. And if you look back at the book, you can actually see that there is no fighting for their education. So it has come to this point where they don't really care about the consequences anymore. They want what's theirs and that's the right to their education. So the next source we looked into was an article from rescue.org titled, what is happening to women and girls in Afghanistan? Rescue.org is known as an international committee which provides information. Rescue.org stated that 1.4 million women were left without safe places to receive comprehensive support, which essentially means that women were left without a safe place. I mean, you had to go everywhere with a man, and if you didn't have a man with you, then you would be shot or beaten or worse, even killed. This is also seen in the book because every time that Layla tried to leave the house to go visit her daughter at school, she was she couldn't make it past the Taliban half the time. And so it's showing that the Taliban is back and it is still affecting the women to these this day. And the women who are left without husbands are just suffering even more than the women who do have husbands or a man to walk around with. And so this is a very tragic statistic. Imagine over a million people are basically left homeless and under the violence of the Taliban. And so we can see why women are fighting back, which proves and shows the, the author's argument. So overall, we really liked the book. I was really surprised that there was a happy ending just because of the sad, tragic nature of the book. Mm -hmm. It was really nice to see a happy ending. Yeah, uh, it was nice to see them finally retaliate against Rashid because I think it was long awaited for and we suffered through basically the whole book and they suffered too, but we suffered with them. It was like honestly sad to see that, I mean, men really think of women in this way or like they see them as something expendable where they could just get another one or like they basically find them like negligible. Something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And I think women today are fighting for that change. And while it may just start with their education, the more educated women there are, the more powerful, the more influential that they can be. And some of you might be wondering, oh, why does it matter? This isn't a country halfway around the world. I'm not even a girl or a woman, so why do I care? And I think you should think about it this way. Imagine if your education was stripped from you. Like, you didn't even get the option to go to school. Like, some of you may not want to go to school, but you didn't even, you weren't even given the option. And you couldn't even walk outside with another member of the superior gender, with quotes, obviously, to walk with you or else you could get beat or arrested. It's just a crazy life that they live. And the author is not only opening up this world and showing us this world, but he's also arguing that women today are fighting back for their rights that they deserve. Another good part about it now is that women are obviously less afraid and the nature of the val or the nature of the Taliban is obviously less violent. However, women still find themselves like fighting for education, fighting to go outside, fighting to, you know, do anything without a man or a man's approval. And women are not afraid to go out and make a speech or go outside and peacefully protest despite the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. 
I think it was good that we, it's inspiring to see the women fighting back in this book. And not only are they fighting back in this book, but they're fighting back in real life. And it's, it's an inspiring movement. And I think that once this whole Taliban thing is all over, which I think it will be over soon, the women in Afghanistan will be better because of it. And they will be more powerful and it will inspire girls all around the world to be just as powerful as they are. We hope you enjoyed our last part of the A Thousand Splendid Sons podcast series. And thank you so much for listening.